Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. The 5 by 7 college football playoff model has been approved, so as expected, four conference champions, the four highest-ranked conference champions, will be seated one through four in the playoffs. The best Notre Dame can be is a five seed, even if they are the number one ranked team in the committee's opinion, the best Notre Dame can be is five. They had to change things because the Pac-12 went away. So, Eric, we went from a 6 by 6 model, six conference champions, and what I would call six wild cards. Now we're down to five conference champions and seven wild cards. Does this format make sense for the beginning of the 12-team playoff in college football? I think it does. I, you know, it. It's. I think what is going to come next. So they're kind of committing to all the rules they're putting in place for 24 and 25 but then saying, hey, maybe we need to recalibrate in 2026 when all the television deals and so forth come up for renewal. And that's when it could get dicey and spicy because there's already talk about the Big Ten and the SEC wanting more guaranteed spots. I heard that. Yeah. For each? I don't know. (laughs) Wow. Well, I think maybe two each, but maybe four each. But even then, it's like if you're good enough, you're going to make it anyways. Why would you need that guarantee? Because they feel like they own college football right now with the way things are going. But I'll tell you what, you get too greedy, you're going to mess this up. Do you worry the SEC and the Big Ten are becoming too powerful? I worry that they could abuse that power. I mean, they formed their own little committee to look at all the issues right now in college football. I don't know why they did not include other conferences. They've just decided to go on their own and try to figure out some answers to problems that are here and are looming in the very near future. Yeah. You know, there these changes in college sports are happening at such a fast pace it's really hard to get a snapshot and then take a stand because next week it could look very different. But there are things that concern me going forward. I, I'm, I've been able to handle all the changes up to this point because to me, you know, covering college sports was a choice. I, I have covered high school sports and I've covered professional, but not a whole lot. And I just always loved the culture of college sports, kind of the age group of the people that were involved, just the whole fandom of college sports and so forth. And I think there are a lot of people, both in my age group and in younger age groups, but especially my age group, that are worried that that dynamic is going to change. Why we fell in love with college sports is going to change. So 
it's it's really interesting. I, I will say this: Marcus Freeman has done an amazing job of keeping up with all this stuff mm-hmm. and navigating it well for Notre Dame, which is an institution that's slow to change, and and he's been able to now it's warp speed. Yeah, he he's been <laughs> able to pretty much keep Notre Dame in the mix here to the point that I saw on Twitter today, there were some national shows talking about Notre Dame's relevance. And I'm like, seriously? Oh, we have that for Friday's show. I've already saved that for Friday's show. So you'll have your say. Oh my God. (laughs) What's funny is they're talking about the relevance of Notre Dame in college football and they're using what they remind everyone the most highest ranked morning sports television show is First Take. And yet they spend five to ten minutes talking about Notre Dame football and their relevance. So they end up actually talking about them, which they don't believe they should be doing as much. It just worked out perfectly. So Jack Swarbrick was heavily involved yeah. in the development He's of this the format. architect. And so there might be a couple of Irish fans saying, why would we, as Notre Dame, agree to, at best, being a five seed in the college football playoff? And with Jack Beacon being the architect of this, how would you explain to those fans that Jack was doing what's best for Notre Dame by putting together this particular deal? Right. Now, again, the... When it was the 6-6 format and the 5-7 format, Notre Dame's spot was the same. That They were limited in that only conference champions can be the top four seeds and get the buys. So they were, they actually have a little bit better situation now in that there's one more at-large spot. Exactly. But Jack's, I had a chance to talk to him about this right after this happened, and his explanation was sometimes you have to do what's best for college sports and for Notre Dame. And his thought was Notre Dame does not have to play in a conference championship game. They do not have to risk their college playoff status or injuries or injuries on playing. And these, these conference championship games are going to get harder because it's going to be against the second best team in the conference, not necessarily the big the best West. team. <laughs> yeah. The best team in the weaker division. And so you you put some risk there. So they don't have to play that game. And they also have an extra week of rest getting into that first playoff week if they're going to be five through twelve. They have an extra week of rest than everybody else has. So they gave up okay, well, we won't be a conference. You know, we will give up the possibility of having a first-round bye. And they see it as a win-win is is that if they're anywhere between one and five, they're going to be five, and they're going to host a 12 seed. And then if they're the number one or two or three team in the standings, they're going to play four in the second round, and they're going to be probably better than that team. And so... They didn't feel like they were giving away that much. I mean, winning four games against teams of that caliber, when you start to see the mocks and who would oh, yeah. the four teams be, you're like, wow, that's really going to be difficult. And I, I addressed that in my live chat today. And yet, 
I think this was the right move. And and that doesn't mean Notre Dame can't join a conference someday and then be one of those four teams. It's not Notre Dame forever will never be higher than five. If they want, if it's that important to them and college sports changes enough where being a conference and football makes more sense, they'll do it. And, and they will be able to have the same rules as everybody else at that point. Go to the Big Ten, that's going to be a task. Winning that conference now. Absolutely. Holy cow. That's probably why they want the extra spots guaranteed, knowing how well probable great the conference is going to be. Well, I think probably why they want the extra spots guaranteed, whether it's four, two, or three, or whatever it is, is that these conference schedules aren't going to be equal. You have that many teams. You have 18 teams in your conference there's a chance that there will be two teams that don't play any of the same teams in the conference. They will play a completely different set of teams. And you look at, for example, Michigan had it easy this year, but they have it rough next year. And there will be teams in the Big Ten that aren't as good. So maybe the Big Ten is looking out for those teams that get the killer schedules. I don't understand this, but I'm going to ask you – since you are an alum of one of the schools I'm going to ask you about. <laughs> okay. With the new college football playoff format, they will not avoid rematches. So in the first round, if it's Penn State against Michigan, they're not going to receive the teams like in the basketball tournament to ensure that teams from the same conference in the basketball situation don't play until the regionals. In college football, the 12-team playoff, if Ohio State and Michigan are 5-12, they play in the first round. So I kind of like that. If there's rematches, great. And I've heard people say that the Michigan-Ohio State great rivalry, it will be diminished if they play the final game of the regular season and then would play again in the playoff. Heck, there's a chance they can meet in the regular season finale, they can meet in the conference title game, and they can meet in the playoffs again. Do you think it diminishes the rivalry? I look at it, you get a couple of more shots to see this great game happen for both fan bases because it is the one game they all care about every year. Yeah, I, I don't see it as diminishing. I mean, ideally you wouldn't want that, but in a 12-team playoff, I think where people didn't want to see it was, I think there was one year that it looked they were one and two when they faced each other in the BCS format. And then it looked like the loser might still stay at number two or not drop down to three, and you might get that game again in the BCS. In that instance, yes, I would have been against that. We've already seen that game. But that you have 12 teams playing in a playoff, I think it changes that dynamic about not getting overly – worried about repeats and I again I don't think it's going to happen very often it could but I don't think it's going to happen and certainly not the three-peat scenario but it could yeah and for Notre Dame if they are the five seed there's an awfully good chance that the 12 seed will be the group of five team for example Liberty this year went undefeated if I'm not mistaken went to the Fiesta Bowl and just got rolled by the Oregon Ducks. Now, we've seen Boise State have success. Remember that great win over Oklahoma yeah. in the Fiesta Bowl? So it's not a gimme. And, and Cincinnati was a group of five team one Absolutely. Year. Yeah. And they, they would have the been, playoff. they probably would have been in the top four, right? Yeah, yeah they would have been in they, this yeah. format. So I'm not saying it's a gimme, but you could face 
the second or third best Big Ten team if you're the six seed against the 11. So being the five, there's a good chance you would play that group of five team, which you would definitely take your chances with more yeah. times than not. MAC, American Athletic Conference, Sun Belt, whatever the case may be. Right, in Notre Dame Stadium. In Notre Dame Stadium, which is pretty cool. And NBC not calling the game. Won't that be bizarre? Yeah. It's been a long time since somebody else was in the TV booth at Notre Dame Stadium. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. What's the score? Nothing, nothing. Who's winning? The Bears. Co-hosting this hour is the publisher of InsideNDSports.com, Eric Hansen. He was bad in Chester Clay. He bad in Sugar Ray. He bad in that. Who that? You, the new one. Mike, 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 look like a bulldog. He bad in him, too. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. I don't know who that is. Twenty minutes in front of six o'clock. Sports Radio nine sixty, WSBT. He's the Eric guy. I'm Darren. You know they're going to make a spinoff of Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. I just. Uh... What do you mean a spinoff? You mean uh, like a sequel, a movie? I'm not quite show? sure if it's going to be an updated version of it. There were two oh. people's names in the title of the movie they were talking about. It being called, but I just don't know. That's kind of like Coming America, Coming America 2. I love okay. Coming to America. Yeah. And they did okay with yeah. 2, but it's yeah. just, it's hard. It's hard. Caddyshack 2. Oh, goodness. Throw it in the trash can. Okay. I tease this going to break. Pete Thamel of ESPN tweeted this. Sources, colon, the idea of a 14-team college football playoff was discussed by the College Football Playoff Management Committee at meetings in Dallas today. If that happened, it would begin in 2026. Nothing is imminent, but it's significant. This idea was discussed. 2026, does that come into play because of TV deals? Yeah, okay. all the contracts have to be redone for 2026. That's when every, bowl contracts, everything comes up for renewal. Not individual conference TV contracts, but lots of other things do. Okay, so my question is this. This what comes to mind. I think we've all that our college football fans know how this is all going to work this year with the with the 12-team playoff. You've got the four top-seeded teams get buys, and then 12 plays at five, 11 plays at six on down the line. It takes right. a month to do this. Mm-hmm. We'll have a champion. So you add two more teams. What does that do to the bracket? If they're smart, <laughs> it, if they're smart... <laughs> It just eliminates two buys. So you would have one and two getting a buy. It'd be more like the NFL playoffs then. And then three plays 14, four plays 13, five plays 12, and so on and so on. And then you go into the quarterfinals the next round. So you don't add a week to it. If they're stupid, they'll try to give some teams double buys. 
and then you're oh. adding weeks to the season. I then think you're that's a, sitting. It's like yeah. baseball. You don't want to sit too yeah. long. I, I think that's a bad idea. I think if you can keep it to the same number of rounds, like I proposed, the Eric Hansen bracket, Yes, I think that would work. And then then take away that you have to be a conference champion. Just say one, the two best teams are the two teams that get buys. And then for the ratings of the selection show, the arguments of who should be two <laughs> to get the dump, to get the buy is going to be what we're fighting for now in the top four. Yeah, and and you would still be fighting for, I guess, who's fourteen versus who's fifteen. Oh, and, sure, and some of the seeding and so forth. But that's what makes the most sense is just eliminating a couple of the buys and keeping the number of rounds the same. Hmm. Do you like that? I do because then you have, um, you know, more teams get to host playoff games and in December, and that will be really interesting if a lot of those are cold weather sites. Um, but I would rather it stay at 12, but if it's going to go to 14, this is the way I would like to see it. When they go to that 90-16 playoff, man, that Illinois-Wyoming game is going to be off the chart. Yeah. And, and and again, what Pete Thamel said is nothing is imminent, but he felt like the the fact that it was discussed was newsworthy. Well, TV deals are coming up. And that report about ESPN already coming to an agreement, that was hogwash. That's been proven to be inaccurate hogwash information. Hogwash hogwarts. I almost would like to see a CBS-NBC combination try to get it. Try to put some pressure on ESPN-ABC. They've gotten a little stale for me. Okay. And they're so entrenched with the SEC. That whole SEC-Florida State thing just felt awkward. Okay. Just my opinion. My opinion as a conspiracy theorist and... Television sports. Okay, 545 at WSBT. Let's quickly go down this road. Kedron Young, a Notre Dame four-star freshman running back and early enrollee. He is 5'10", 217 pounds. That kind of sounds familiar. Yeah. 5'10", 217. Do you know anybody that's close to that? Yeah, that estimate guy at least is in the ballpark, right? He said that he's certainly studied Odrick. I had a chance to talk to Kedron. That's a pretty good choice on his part. So here's what Kedron had to say. Very late in the recruiting process before he signed in December, a lot of teams were pushing hard for his services. Why did he stick with the Fighting Irish? You know, the talks with the staff and, you know, the bonds I made with my teammates, um, they played a big part and it felt authentic when I was here. So, um, you know, like I said before, I'm just glad to be here. So what is it about his skill set that enamored so many schools across the country to continue knocking on his door, even with National Signing Day at that time right around the corner, and his solid commitment to Notre Dame? Well, I mean, he's got size, and he's got really good speed for that size, and and that's exciting to people. And he, you know, played in a very good part of Texas against very good competition and put up huge numbers in Texas. And so um, there's a lot to like about him. Then if you meet him, (laughs) he is incredibly intelligent, incredibly mature, 
There's a lot to like about Kedron Young. He's a guy that I think can be sneaky surprise, maybe earning a role in that crowded running back room. Okay, here is Young discussing getting the opportunity to work with one of the best running back coaches in the country and now associate head coach, running back coach, Dylan McCullough. You know, it's great. Like you said, he has a lot of experience and um, not even just his experience from football, but he's also, you know, a great man. And um, you want to be around somebody, you know, that um, has values and wants you to get better, all his parents to get better. So um, shout out to Coach McCullough. You know, I'm glad, you know, he's my coach. I have a feeling that he's going to be an offensive coordinator pretty quickly, so enjoy him while you have him because, Eric, he is a key part of this staff. And I will I will make a little note. Kedron is actually six foot two seventeen. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I was just going so by he's grown the, two inches. Apparently so. Okay. <laughs> I'm just going by what's being reported. All right. Fair <laughs> enough. But anyway, deal. I don't want at six foot two seventeen at the two seventeen. I don't want to argue. I won't argue with KK Smith about his height because he's like one sixty five. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, we were talking about Deal McCullough and his importance to the staff. And again, he's probably going to be an offensive coordinator very, very soon. Yeah, he. the NFL is very enamored with him of wanting to bring him back to the NFL. And he would like to be a college head coach someday and, and take the steps to get there. I think being around Mike Denbrock and getting that background in his offensive coordinator skill set I think it's going to help him, but he does a great job of keeping multiple running backs happy. He's a really good recruiter. He's just such a well-respected coach, so keeping Dylan McCullough on board was was a big, you know, you just don't worry about Notre Dame's running back recruiting when he is, he's like, who's Notre Dame looking at a running back? And they're going to end up getting one or two really good ones. Is this the best running back recruiting at Notre Dame since the 90s when it seemed like they had three or four NFL prospects on their roster at the same time? I'm trying to think. I, I know Tony Alford was a really good recruiter, but he was involved with multiple positions. That's more when yeah. they were more territorial. He was in Florida, and he did a really good job of recruiting Florida at all positions and would go to uh, battle there. But I would say Notre Dame consistently is getting now that those groups and the Holtz here, I mean, the Brooks brothers, Ricky, Ricky Waters, Waters <laughs> yeah. Rocket Ismail played a little bit of running back. He was a wide receiver. Bettis guy was pretty good. Yeah. Oh my God. It's just one after another after another. So yeah. That but, was uh yeah. Phew. Finally, here is Young discussing the very talented running back room at Notre Dame that he has entered. You know, just Learning, um, you know, seeing what they're doing and, you know, trying to model, um, you know, the older players, you know, they've been uh, great leaders and been trying to push us. So, um, you know, it's always good to have somebody that's trying to push you. So they've been great leaders. I know, Eric, you've mentioned you feel like he's going to push for playing time right off the bat, just like Love did. So do you believe this year's running back room 
can equal the success of last year's group, knowing you lost a 2,000-yard rusher in Autocostume, and you also lost two bookend offensive tackles. One is likely going to be a top-10 pick in the draft. Yeah, the the offensive line is is difficult, but again, when you temper it with who the offensive coordinator is, and you also temper it with the fact Riley Leonard is a heck of a runner, and he opens up some of your traditional running game with his own running ability. Mm -hmm. When you have to account for him, it leaves the defense has to decide what do we want to try to take away here. And if they try to take away the traditional running game, they're leaving themselves exposed to Riley Leonard. If Notre Dame can get an elite, if Chris Mitchell ends up being a really good weapon on the outside, that also opens things up in the running game because it puts the defensive coordinator into a a difficult predicament of, okay, what do I want to take away? Where do I put my resources? But I think it sounds crazy when you lose somebody that caliber of Audric estimate to think, well, they're in pretty good shape in the running back room. Crazy. Because you think of, it's not just Jeremiah Love. You've got Jadarian Price. You have Jabron Payne, who now has experience. And you've got some younger running backs They've just kind of stacked them on top of each other. Finally, as we go to break, I know a lot of schools were after this kid, but Michigan safety Keon Sab looks like that he ended up at Alabama. Notre Dame was interested at the very least. I I don't know that they went hard after him. Yeah, It was more of take a look. Yeah, I mean, I think you always want to take a look. He got in there late. I mean, he wouldn't be able to be here for spring practice. I don't know that there was – certainly there wasn't a lot of mutual interest okay. there. I mean, really good – I mean, but I think they feel pretty good about their plan at safety. All right. Well, Alabama is letting their legendary broadcaster Eli Goldwalk, believe That's it or crazy. not. He's gone he through some health issues. This show he was, and he was glorious. He was at an Alabama alumni function up in Michigan. We got him on the show. I remember asking him – you talked to Nick Saban going into the 12 championship game against Notre Dame. Did you feel like it was going to be close? He said, nope. Yeah. He's like, Nick showed me a couple things. And I said, this game's not going to be close. And unfortunately, they were right. Well, I'll tell you, every Alabama fan that we saw in the parking lot that day after we parked the car was kind of in that. I mean, they were talking about where they were going yeah. for dinner. They weren't talking about, um, wow, is this going to be close? But – they were right. <laughs> that was still a great experience. Oh, it was the so much best fun. ever. The best ever. Especially, it was 4.45 the next morning after the game. I was on a plane to Minneapolis-St. Paul because the Irish hockey team played Tuesday night Wow! at Minnesota. I got little sleep. I think I got two hours sleep. And the second intermission, the night after the national championship game, it hit me. I could not think, talk. I was exhausted. Then we flew to East Lansing. And when I was just going on the air for sports beat in East Lansing from the hotel, the Brian Kelly to the Eagles rumors started. So, and it's funny, I was just up in East Lansing for the last hockey series. We stayed at the same hotel and the table I was sitting at when all that broke through, I'm like, well, there's the Brian Kelly to the Eagles table. (laughs) A lot happened on that trip. 
I went yeah. to Florida with summer clothes, and I sent my winter clothes on the hockey plane <laughs> for that particular series. So that was quite a 15-day adventure. Eat your heart out, Gilligan. All right, 554 Twitter question of the day next on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. For over a- this is the Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat Twitter question of the day from Sports Radio 960 WSBT. He is Eric Hansen, publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. Darren Pritchett with you. Tuesday's Sports Beat Inside Indie Sports Twitter question of the day, which you can find on my Twitter account at 960SportsBeat. If you could achieve your quote unquote Notre Dame dream position, of these four choices, which would you choose? I may have to explain one of them. First off, you could be the quarterback of the Fighting Irish, and today it's a very profitable position. <laughs> Plus, the girls are going to love you, right? You're the quarterback at Notre Dame. They may even throw a marshmallow 30 feet into your hot chocolate. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Choice number two. Again, financially, a good position, stress, a lot, but head football coach at Notre Dame. You could be the newt of this century. Your third choice, you talk about stress, Notre Dame athletic director. Fun, but wow, a lot. Sure. And the fourth choice, now don't laugh, I said a media member. Now think about this. As a Notre Dame football fan, you could go to every game for free. You could get up close to the players and coaches. You get the glorious meals we get at Notre Dame Stadium and other places across the country. You can be Eric Hansen. If you ever wanted to be Eric Hansen, this would be your chance. So I included media member as a fourth choice. Maybe you don't want all the stress or you're not athletic. I think a lot of people would think our jobs are pretty cool. I have scads of friends that are not in our business and who make so much more money than I do, and they are jealous of my job. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm like, okay. And you know what? They're right. Yeah. (laughs) Because there's something about loving what you do, and I think that's what makes my job to me the dream job is that I love what I do. As a kid, I wanted to be the voice of the St. Louis Cardinals. And you know what? Notre Dame hockey has become my St. Louis Cardinals, my team. So it's pretty doggone cool. As a kid, I wanted to be a pitcher for the St. Louis Cardinals. And it was very clear that the athletic ability required of that position was not available to me. (laughs) (laughs) My friend... Wait till you see Lance Lynn. Not exactly looking athletic nowadays. I I, I even... Try. I even dreamt about being the first switch pitcher. I would practice my left-handed wow. pitching because I thought, well, I could pitch with either hand, and I wasn't good at either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. What's the score? Nothing, nothing. Who's winning? The Bears. the Bears. Okay, here are the results to our question. Well, first, what would you vote? I would vote for medium member. You I- would not change. I wouldn't. I would love the paychecks of the other ones, but it this allowed me to be a dad and a granddad and do something that I was good at, or hopefully good at. I'm intrigued by the quarterback. That would be fun. 
That would be fun. I, I think all of them would be fun for a certain period of time, yeah. but long-term, I'll take what I have. Okay. Here are the results. Coming in fourth place, Media Member. Only got 11.4%. They didn't want our paychecks, I guess. That's higher than, <laughs> that's higher than I thought would have okay. voted for that. The rest of the voting was tight. 4.5% separated third to first. Which do you think is going to win? Uh, I would say the I would have guessed the quarterback. Okay. And 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 if I didn't have the media member option, I would have voted for the quarterback. Okay. I I, I played quarterback on my intramural college team. I did too. Flight yeah. football. We won the championship. Yeah. Okay. We lost the championship with me. You needed me. Okay. Third place, 27.3% would take the Notre Dame athletic director position. Second place at 29.5%, the quarterback of the Fighting Irish. And this is not a majority. I mean, this was tight voting, 31.8%. This was the winning vote. They wanted to be the head football coach of the Fighting Irish. That was a fun question. I'm glad we asked that. A lot of fun with our listeners and followers on that Did question. Did Allison answer it? She picked quarterback. Okay. I believe. Okay. Yes. Okay, today's question. Oh, boy. At the end of their college careers, not now, not tomorrow, but at the end of their college careers... Which Notre Dame quarterback that is currently on the roster do you believe has the greatest chance to have the highest, reach the highest ceiling of their playing ability? So at the end of the day, which of the four basically will be the best, but who will reach the highest ceiling in their careers? You know the four, Riley Leonard, Steve Angeli, Kenny Minchie, CJ Carr, who will reach the highest ceiling at the end of the college career? And I will ask you the Gene Rayburn question. What is the definitive Eric Hansen answer to this question? I think I know what you're going to say. I'm going to say C.J. Carr. I thought you would say that. But I wouldn't rule out any of the others. Certainly not. I wouldn't rule out Riley Leonard. He has but... great upside. Yeah. But a ways to go. But, I mean, when you think about coming out of high school, C.J. Carr was definitely, of those four, was the guy with the most recruiting love. And and there's things about his makeup and his physical skills. You know, I mean, maturity, There, there's a lot. And all these guys have it. And Jelly, just putting himself in that conversation, oh, he's accomplished yeah. a lot. Kenny Minchie is the wild card here, and and Riley Leonard. I mean, Riley Leonard was a three-star guy coming out of you know Alabama and Auburn. Ah, go ahead, we're not interested. <laughs> All right, you can vote on today's question at. 960 Sportspeed on my Twitter X account. That's 960 Sportspeed. I'm sorry, there was an inside joke there. Six minutes after six o'clock. Eric, we better do this. 
Your website is InsideIndieSports.com. And what do you have coming up for Irish fans? Well, I had my live chat today, so we have the live chat transcript. Um, and lots of cool we, – we went down the road with a lot – people are coming up with great questions in the offseason. Um, Tyler James has started his heat index of the 2025 class where he kind of rates – yeah, so it's it's kind of like Chili's if somebody's a hot, mild, medium prospect in terms of Notre Dame's chances of landing that player at each position. You got to turn this into a wing sponsorship. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, this th- guy is tangy and saucy. We had our football's ne- football never sleep show last night. Yeah. Check it out on YouTube. Maddie Augustine. Verbally committed yesterday, offensive tackle. We got Six, stories seven, on man. Him. They've got some big offensive tackles. And I don't know how this guy's a three-star, and you look at his offers, and nobody else knows either. So, rivals, get it together. Well, there are many organizations that have that, yeah. so all them. Right. I think it's just early in the process. It is early in the it's process. It's safe making and everybody a three-star. And he's from New England. You know, some of it's geography sometimes. They're slower to get to certain areas. And, uh, but Matty Augustine, boy, there's a lot of, Will Black was the same thing. Offensive tackle, three-star with offers from Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, Michigan. Come on. He's a three-star. Somebody's uh, all right. Anyways, (laughs) and much, much more. We will have our podcast tomorrow. And, uh, so, but I I was going to say, um, who Riley Leonard's, um, offers were coming out of college do you want to know sure you're i mean it's your time i've i've kept you too long already so duke Ole miss nebraska south alabama southern miss syracuse tulane and vanderbilt wow Hmm. you Hmm. look at the offers and he had the worst offers of all of them i'm not worst, but better than Sam Hartman's. They were better than Sam Hartman's and more plentiful than Sam Hartman's. Yes. Yes, yes indeed. Well, I think Riley's running skills helped him a little bit along the way. All right. Very good. We do not have a show tomorrow because I'm traveling with Irish hockey to, since I'm with you, I have to say the school up north in Ann Arbor. That's true. So. No show tomorrow, but Eric will be with me on Friday. We're excited. We get to hear from Mike Denbrock. He's going to meet the media on Friday, and we hope to bring you some of his comments on the show on Friday. i got to get you out of here. It's already 6.09, so thank you, sir. Thank you. I will talk to you on Friday from Yoast Ice Arena in Ann Arbor. Yoast. Yoast Ice Arena. (laughs) All right. Uh, It's 6.09 on your own. Of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today.